I'm Sarah Myerskoff and this is the Insurance Brokers Podcast where we're talking to the personalities and the businesses that sit behind our industry. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe on your chosen podcast streaming platform. Gentana, thank you very much for joining me on the Insurance Brokers Podcast. I am really looking forward to hearing about your journey uh, in 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 the business that is Tapley. Do you want do you want to give us a bit of in, an introduction about who you are and and what Tapley does? Thank you so much, Sarah, for inviting me. Um, my name is Gentana Genbrett-Camroy, and I'm one of the co-founder of a company called Tapley. We provide technology solutions for the insurance industry. And in the UK, we are fully licensed as MGA, um, stand for Managing General Agent. And we offer ins- um, commercial liability insurance products for micro SME and freelancer. Fabulous. So you guys started in 2016, was it? That's correct, yes. And I know from our previous conversations that you have hit and overcome every obstacle that could possibly be thrown at you. Um, and I'm really interested, and I'm sure people listening as well are, to hear what those obstacles are, were, and how you overcame them, because there's a lot of people facing similar now. Do you want to talk us through your journey from the beginning and, and kind of what happened? Yes. Um, Tapley was born at the back of my own personal experience of being an insurance customer, trying to find insurance that are not standardized on the one insurance for um, Airbnb is what I was looking for. And in those days, this concept didn't really exist to have, you know, like something um, short term. So we set up Tapley to serve the entire kind of, you know, alternative uh, non-traditional insurance product solutions. What I meant was who set it up, you and who, Where, where's the insurance expertise come from and what does the board look like? Yes, um, Tapley was set up by, you know, like my co-founder and myself. My co-founder is from, um, he's from tech background and I'm from investment banking background. Um, we both, when we first started, we decided, you know, to go through a couple of accelerator program to up um, our skills as well as, you know, we use that time to really um, refine our value proposition. And find partner is very useful to, you know, kind of having that um, um, network and ecosystem to help you uh, with uh, all things you need in order to gain understanding and also set up uh, regulated insurance, insurtech business. Absolutely. So during COVID, you hit a bit of a blocker. Do you want to talk us through it and and how you overcame it? Obviously, you know, as a digital um, technology players, we are, as a company, we are less impacted by the whole COVID itself. I think what is uh, impacted us more is the hard market, which happened uh, around 2019. And before that, it was Brexit. Um, Brexit um, limit our ability to work with some of our partners that would uh, require us to be an MGA and hold MGA license outside the UK. So, you know, like we've gone from wanting to be an international company um, and reduce our side to UK-based only. 
that's the beginning. But it didn't stop us, you know, like we then kind of, you know, pivot our business to focus on the technology solution, which we then able to launch to the international crowd. So from there, you know, like we've gone from being UK centric, uh, having an MGA um, platform to internal SaaS solution. Fabulous. Um, and yes. And then of course, you know, COVID, uh, when it hits, it does impact some of the projects that we work on because suddenly um, insurance company are no longer want to continue or invest in um new development, new product development or um, technology solution. So it was the period where it was very quiet for the technology solution. So today we've got a dual uh, value proposition in the UK. We provide technology solution and the MGA service where we offer our own insurance product to consumer direct and via broker. Wow. So we've got both wholesale and, and um, retails uh, channels here in the UK. Wonderful. So, um, you, I think it, I think you told me uh, in one of our previous conversations that um, capacity pulled out during COVID. How did you manage with that? What, what, what did you do to to go from COVID, which was a tricky time anyway, through the hard market to to get back to where you are now when your capacity pulls out? Um, there were always um, opportunities. Obviously, you know, like when we had our, when our first binder um, fell through and we need to find another capacity provider, we were able to do that quickly. But the process of getting new capacity provider on board takes several months. And I think that's kind of um, provide uh, additional challenge for us being, you know, um, relatively early stage startup and not being well funded. So, um, and then of course, during COVID, we saw a lot of investors pull out of the market as well, because insurance and insurtech is probably ranking as one of the riskiest um, business to invest in. Wow, I didn't so, know that. So that's, you know, like you, you get hit by both ankles. Yes, you get hit by both ankles. I think um, the stats what is that before COVID, um, one in two startups die in fintech and insurtech. But during COVID, it's nearly 75% of startups, new startups will die during COVID. So the in, um, the increase in number of startups die and fell during COVID were phenomenal. And that's why a lot of people were retract from the insurtech and, and fintech market at, during that this time. But we see now that, you know, like early stage um, investors are coming back to reinvest. I'm interested in this because yeah. I've had quite a lot of conversations around technology and how technology drives operational efficiency. Um, so I'm interested that it's um, something that a lot of people went, whoa, no, I'm out, and, and, and people are starting to come back in now. Um, I'm also interested in how you started this process from a non-insurance background, but to fix a problem in the market. Um, and I love that. And I read a book a while ago, um, which I highly recommend, Brian Falchuk's um, 
second book, uh, and he talks about different startups, uh, MGAs and in, in insurers, um, and how some of them have come from a non-insurance background, but to, to, to sort of fix something in the market that, that wasn't happening. And you're seeing a lot of uh, talk around that now. What I'm interested in is how how do you see technology changing the landscape for insurance going forward? I think technology should be and is in everyone's agenda right now. And the reason for that is because, you know, like there are um, new regulation coming out that prevent insurance company from making more money or setting their own prices. So we, you know, we very limited in terms of what we can charge the customer and the risk that we, um, the increase in loss ratios and therefore the profit margin for selling insurance to date for everyone in the industry is very, very low. And that means that operational efficiency is become a big thing. That's the only thing you can do. If you can't increase your price, you have to reduce your operation costs in order to maintain, you know, like the same level of profit, net profit, I mean. Um, and technology can help this. And that, that's the only cure, <laughs> to be honest, um, by building, you know, uh, data-driven platform that automate most of your processes and reduces the number of man hours that is the way going forward and the whole you know kind of um, uh, digitization would also allow us to um, gather collect and use better data and that data in future will have even bigger scope for automation. So AI and machine learning is big thing and is currently being deployed and used by some players. And we are using that as well in certain part of our process where it's uh, appropriate and applicable. But going forward, we will see more uses of this. So this is where I'm very excited about the future because I think the future of insurance would not be anything what we would expect. I think in future, you know, you will see app, but they could literally predict what insurance at what level you should have without us having to tell them. Because if the data is there, the risk could be assessed more broadly by AI and machine learning technology. So that's what I'm excited about. When you started in 2016, could you have foreseen that now in 2022 you'd be where you are? Um, no, I would say that I haven't. I was very new to the business um, and I was blessfully unaware of all the challenges that I have to go through. Um, in 2016, we, it was still, you know, a good market for insurance. Um, hard market didn't hit us until 2019, so we've got, uh, you know, a couple of years. But, of course, um, I do feel that, you know, like we have all the challenges in single one decade. In the last six years, I don't think any other insurtech that has started their business a decade before have to overcome 
all these challenges. And, um, uh, you know, I remember it was very easy for us to raise money at the beginning of 2016, right? Uh, it was easy to find partners to commit and launch our product. But it's just that it takes such a long time, you know, like n not until like year two that we could properly launch the product. And then shortly after that, we got hit by Brexit, COVID, you name it. <laughs> so, yes, and, and I'm nevertheless, I'm very proud to be one of very few, you know, like still standing founders um, who have been around for six years. And the fact that, you know, we won uh, numerous awards. And when we first launched our first on-demand insurance platform for gig workers, we were one of the first few platforms in Europe, as a matter of fact, to be able to offer um, a micro insurances to micro businesses the way we did. Wow. What's the biggest yeah. lesson you learned about yourself and about business? Yeah. So one of the, because I work for yeah. myself too, um, and, yeah. and I, one of the things that I have found very, very difficult as a, as a business owner, as a mum, as a wife, as a human, um, yeah. I found it very, very difficult to balance all of those priorities and to prioritise with perspective. So I lose all perspective and everything has to be done yesterday, which um, is really bad for mental health and stress levels. Yeah. And I'm still right. very much a work in progress. But one of one of the things that I've learned about myself is that that trait is extreme. So I have to put an awful lot of effort in to yeah. stopping, writing a yeah. list for each thing and then picking one off the top. And it's the only way I yeah. can manage myself. And it is it, it, it needs to be that basic to be able to progress. I am um, having exactly the same challenges as you from that perspective. From my personal lesson learned perspective, I've always been a workaholic. And when you start your own company, there isn't really um, the end of the day for me. So I could go on and marathon working for weeks without even taking um, weekends off. And during COVID, it's become apparent. Um, I learned about my personality type, which I didn't think of, because, you know, for nearly the entire lockdown, I was so happily not to meet anyone. Um, I was so happily working from home and without talking to anyone. And that is very unusual. I didn't know that about me. So self-isolation apparently is my habitat. It's, you know, I play my string when I don't have to interact with other people. And that's something that I never thought um, about myself. Most people see me uh, in public eyes and they think that I'm extrovert. I, you know, they've got certain perception of me, but apparently whatever people think is completely the opposite of my personal and uh, personality type and my nature. I'm um, really interested in So in, in many ways, I'm not a natural. I'm really interested because I'm the same. A lot of people um, see me as an extrovert and, um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm in social situations, I'm fine. But actually, sometimes I really crave just to go and live in the outer Hebrides by myself 
with no technology, with nothing, and just to isolate for a little while. And I'm interested that you've sort of said a similar thing because um, I wonder how I wonder how this fits with a lot of business owners. Yes, I think you know, like you will find that a lot of senior ex, um, executive will be within that kind of introvert personality type because you know like more like a logist i'm a logistician so i'm a mm, i'm a thinker not feeler and i'm very logical and i can process only when um internally so that means i don't need a lot of you know like input or noise from the outside and when you focus on building your business and you get your personal time that's when you are most effective because i if i speak i can't think yeah it's so interesting it is so that personality typing i could talk about all day not because i know a lot about it just because i am absolutely fascinated in how different people work and and i'm really fascinated in different types of business and different types of personalities and the crossover crossover at different levels across different business types and, and you know how people make that work i think it's fantastic um one of the um one of the things that i just like to go back to if that's okay with you is talking so i asked you if you could have envisaged being where you are today when you started in 2016 my next question is where do you want to be in five years time so in 2027 if we have this conversation again where are you and what are you doing wow um in five years time i hopefully i'd be somewhere you know like having nice holiday and <laughs> semi-retired uh, but it may be too much to ask um obviously you know like we are trying to build a global platform and what we want to do is to help the one of the world um biggest market for the underserved customer which is the gig economy market so we want to be one of the um insurtech player to offer insurance and providing our technology solution for our partners so that they can operate and make profit marketing a targeting this business um or market segment so that's basically our aim the ultimate aim is to be the uh to add value to the customer where they most need it um, in terms of the technology solutions, we are, you know, now in phase two. Uh, we completed our phase ones, I think, during COVID. And uh, we come from being, you know, kind of uh, a typical end-to-end insurtech platform with API on cloud base. So that's basically where we were to like building, you know, the whole um, user interface to be able to even serve reinsurance company now um, as well as insurers and all the insurance intermediary within the uh, whole insurance ecosystem and life cycle and then you know like we now have started and implemented no code systems as part of the a for some part of the process and we're going to build this up so that most of our processes would become no code. And what does it mean to our business? It means that, you know, we can introduce a lot of the IT development time. We will be able to offer that 
ultimate uh, customization um, in terms of technology solution to our partners because they can actually build their own systems on our platform and they don't have to know anything about tech. So that is basically the, um, the, the next phase of Tapley. But that is not the end. We have developed you know, AI and machine learning technology in-house. This will be ongoing and we will continue to develop it. Um, and hopefully in a couple of years, we can commercialize this platform as a separate unit to the InsureTech platform that we currently have on offer. Sounds so it's a lot to take on, you know, we, we, yeah, it's a grand design. We've got this grand design in our head and we want to just get it out there and, and build it. It sounds absolutely incredible. Are you happy that I put your contact details in the show notes so anybody listening that wants to get in touch to learn more about what you do and how you might be able to partner can get in contact? Are you happy with that? Sure, absolutely. Wonderful. Yes, we are welcome. You know, like uh, yes, we are here to help build the insurance ecosystems to benefit everyone in the value chain. Amazing. On that note, uh, Jantana, I just would like to say thank you. Thank you very much for your time today, um, and also for your conversation. I've enjoyed it, yes, and really glad to know there are people out there like me that think the same. <laughs> So thank you. My pleasure, Sarah. I think that's why we get along really well. We've got the same value and we have the same level of positivity energy or positive energy. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jantana. And I hope to do this again soon. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Brokers Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe on your chosen podcast streaming platform and check us out on YouTube.